We come to this place for magic. We come to pop pull review, to laugh, to cry, to drink. Because we need that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when we hit the play button and go somewhere we've never been before. Sound that I can feel. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. Together. Pop Poor Review. We make movie podcasts better. Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking. Welcome to Basic Fighter Maneuvers. As briefed, today's exercise is dogfighting. Guns only, no missiles. We do not go below the hard deck of 5,000 feet. Working as a team, you have to shoot me down or else. Or else what, sir? Or else I shoot back. Welcome back. Have you popped open your beer or poured yourself a glass of wine yet? Because we're listening to Pop Poor Review with Jimmy Chico. Hi. Kelly Gong. Hi. And myself, Matt Chico. We are the movie podcast where we journey through the IMDb Top 250 list. Uh, if you don't have a drink yet, you can try today's inspired drink based off number 126, Top Gun Maverick. It is the Hot Shot. It's Jägermeister, bourbon, rum, and a splash of Red Bull. This movie is also the only movie from 2022 to still be on the IMDb Top 250 list. As of right now, this recording, all the other movies have left from 2022 and no other ones from 2022 have entered. It's I inspired. Just, I feel like you like, should have put like a, like a splash of like jalapeno juice. It's inspired Did off the hot shot. It's inspired off the jet fuel. What's the jet fuel? Jet fuel? You never had like jet fuel? No. Oh, I know. What he's, it's a drink. He's, yeah, I know what no. he's talking about. Number 126, Top Gun Maverick, 2022. Director Joseph Koninsky. 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 Uh, writer, it's a lot of them. Jim Cash, Jack Epps Jr., Peter Craig, Justin Marks, Erin Keurig, Eric Warner, singer Christopher McQuarrie. Was this nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay? It was. Were all these people nominated? It was. I don't know. Do you not remember them saying like all those names? Do no. they put all of their names on the Oscar? I yeah. thought it was only supposed to be like two or three. No, I, I vaguely remember them listing quite a few people. They were probably so happy when they were like, we know it's not going to win. You know what's funny? <laughs> I was reading the, like, I was trying to find like fun I mean, facts it's for it. cinema. Can I, okay, wait, I want to say this really quick and I have a question. I was reading a fun fact. I was trying to find fun facts for it. And they were like, when they were reading this at the Oscars, the nominations, there was an audible gasp. <laughs> for adapted <laughs> screenplay because that was one of them ones they did not expect and they they said there was an audible guess and I'm just picturing when they're reading it and they're like how come ever <gasps> I actually <laughs> vaguely remember when I we, when they were doing the nominations yeah I vaguely remember when I was listening to it they're like top Gun you hear one person go <gasps> <laughs> wait can we find that I'm Top Gun Maverick Screenplay by Aaron Kruger and Eric Warren Singer and Christopher McQuarrie. Story by Peter Craig and Justin Marks. What's the reason again why this one saved cinema? Because it made people go back to the movies. But didn't Spider-Man make people go back to the movies? This was first. No. Yes, it was. This was not first. No, it wasn't first. Exactly. That's all, I'm just curious why the diff. What's the difference? I wasn't sure if there was an actual. You reason. know what the thing is? I think it's because. Spider-Man, yes. Spider-Man was amazing, made over a billion dollars, but it's an MCU type of movie. But this is like the first movie, even though it is derived from Top Gun, but also we're talking about like like two decades have passed since it like came out almost. This is a movie that actually like brought people out that didn't have like that MCU. That don't usually like, go to the movies. Okay, because yeah. I was curious. Cause I, I, I remember people always saying that, but I'm like, technically, like Spider-Man, but they never said that with Spider-Man because I was like, that's the one that like, made huge numbers post-pandemic. Yeah. So that's why I was curious what the definition was. I really think it's because 
we're talking about a movie that didn't it's not an mcu it's nothing like that it's actually just like a cinematic masterpiece okay that people actually came to see all all audiences all audiences gotcha okay um, so continue what I said. Starring Tom Cruise, Miles Teller, IMDb rating 8.3, Rotten Tomatoes score, uh, critics 96, audiences 99, Letterbox 4.1 out of 4, out of 5. Uh, bo- <laughs> <laughs> it broke Letterbox. It broke Letterbox. Box office, box office domestic is uh, $718 million. Worldwide, it is $1.5 billion. Oscars at one sound was nominated for picture, song for Hold My Hand, Editing, visual effects, and best adapted screenplay. Uh, so look, before we get into the rest of the front half of the show, um, do you think it deserves to be at one nine one twenty six? And do you even think? I mean, I guess do you even think it deserves to be on the list at all? It deserves to be higher, in my own opinion. So how high are we going? I would say in the sixties. Okay, Kelly. Uh, definitely deserves to be on his on the list and definitely deserves to be higher. And personally, I think it should at least be in the top 50. See, I think it definitely, I kind of agree with you. I think it should be definitely on the list. I think maybe like at at the lowest nineties, I thought you were going to say, yes, I agree with you guys. I think it should be higher and should be at least in the sixties or (laughs) fifties. I think it definitely should be in the top 50. My argument is that it deserves to be in the top 50 because we're talking about a movie that has practical effects. Like it, it, this is a cinema and there's, there's like certain movies that I'm just like, this is cinema, the definition of cinema, not just like, Oh, it's a great movie or anything like that. It's like, it blew my mind with everything. Like I love this movie. It's like when I see Titanic and the thing that goes through my head is this is fucking cinema. This is why I want to go to the movie theaters, not watch at home. So do you think it should, because when it first came out, I believe it was started at, in the IMDb list, it started at like 47. So like, would you be comfortable if it just stayed there? I would have been fine with that. Fine with that? Okay. Um, but it's, it's a movie. It's, it's a living, it's a moving um, list, so it will move. Uh, Jimmy, now that we uh, shared our thoughts a little bit about the movie, before we go into even more thoughts about the movie, please give us a summary of the film. Okay. After more than 30 years of service, military awards, medals, and decorations for extraordinary heroism in combat, distinguished U.S. Navy Captain Pete Mitchell, call sign Maverick, finds himself exactly where he belongs, pushing the limits as the top test pilot. Having spent years avoiding promotions, Maverick must now confront the ugly past and an uncertain future while tasked with training the next generation of elite fighter pilots for a nearly impossible suicide mission. As the veteran naval aviator prepares the brilliant graduates for the top secret assignment, stretching the rules to the breaking point, Mitchell has to face an equally critical challenge. Navigate through an uncomfortable relationship with a hotshot lieutenant holding a grudge. Can Maverick and his top guns? <laughs> you were doing so well. Hold on. Take a deep but breath. But that's stupid. Take a deep breath. Finish it. Can Maverick and his top guns perform a miracle? Give the enemy hell and come back home in one piece? That last part was stupid. Uh, why guns. were you reading it like you were just at any moment going to break out into tears? <laughs> I was trying not to laugh. Oh, okay. 
Because I was like, you're, the way you kind of, it was almost like you're reading a, a eulogy, the way you were reading it. it but it, it worked because when he fucked up on that last one, it's like, okay, he took a, he took a long enough pause <laughs> that you can edit around that. So we're going to some shotgun facts. Minimal green screen and CGI aerial shots exist in the film, and even the close-up cockpit shots were taken during real flight, real, real in-flight sequences. This meant the actors playing pilots not only had to film themselves, turning the camera on and off, they also had to touch their own makeup, adjust the lighting, and handle their own sound. Let me ask you a question now. Do you think that this movie deserved to be on Best Visual Effects nomination? Yes. I'm just playing devil's advocate. If there's minimal VFX. Well, what do you mean minimal VFX? Minimal VFX. But there's still visual effects. Do you know where? No. Is it that good? True. True. Because I was going to say, is it more than become production design? No, more. It's cinematography mostly. Well, and production. The way that's, you know. Uh, like no. how, they're saying, how they're saying Oppenheimer, with instead of doing visual effects, they kind of built everything, which then turns into production design. That's what I'm saying. I was just playing devil's advocate, see what you were saying, seeing if you what you guys would say about that. Because people, I remember watching videos when it was like predicting stuff, and they're like, "Does Top Gun deserve to be in visual effects?" I think that's a valid, that's a totally valid question, and it's also an interesting question. Yeah, personally, I think yes, because again, as I've reiterated with other podcasts, if you can't tell where the visual effects are, Very that's true. when you know that like it's top notch. And I remember when I watched a behind the scenes of the original Top Gun, or maybe it was this one. I don't know. I was watching extras and sh- how they were doing it. It's like they were, they built the, what do you call it? The cockpit. They, they built the cockpit that they were in and behind them. It's just like, a, a, like, cause it's like on like a mechanism that. Well, a, a lot of it was there. when they were actually flying. No. Yeah. But like with the visual effects, oh, the parts like, that were, that's CGI, how they did. They had it like in the back of them. But that's also how they did it for the first Top Gun. They just built the cockpit and it was just like shit behind them, like a screen gotcha. behind them. And that's how they were moving. And it's just like, it still holds up. Yeah. And it's still like amazing. And it's just like, you could have minimal visual effects, but if you're fucking killing those minimal, minimal visual effects. Fair point. Fair point. On. I just wanted to see what you guys had to say. Number two, Val Kilmer was suffering from throat cancer at the time, resulting in his vocal cords being damaged so severely that he was unable to speak. His character communicates through typing and only speaks three lines. Those lines were created via synthetic vocal generator program to emulate Kilmer's voice. And they did a pretty good job. Oh, it's so sad. I, I know. And that scene, as much as like, it's like the, the, the obstacles they had to overcome for that scene, it still like hits you in the heart. Well, like I watched that documentary on Amazon prime that he did called Val. And it's just, it's so sad. Like the deterioration of his health and just like he speaks in it. Oh, it's oh, just really? like, it's heartbreaking. And his son though has like sounds exactly like him. He does the voiceover narration. Oh. It's insane. He sounds exactly like him. That's interesting actually. But I feel bad for him because he's just like acting is kind of out of the question at the moment yeah. now. And like he just basically lives on going to like cons and doing stuff like that. Um, and number three, Paramount Pictures wanted to debut this film on Paramount Plus after the COVID-19 pandemic closed movie theaters worldwide in 2020 and a release date in 2021 was looking increasingly unlikely. However, Tom Cruise refused to give in to the studio pressure, insisting the film have a theatrical release. The gamble paid off and it was the second film since the COVID-19 pandemic that grossed a billion dollar over a billion dollars worldwide after Spider-Man No Way Home. So he, he paid out. I think this is his highest grossing movie. Of all time. 
So. Now we'll see if it, it lasts, if Mission Impossible can do that. I'm not saying it's not, but, like, I feel like Top Gun Maverick is its... It was, like, its own thing. I, I think that Mission Impossible might outgross it, to be honest. Really? Yeah, because the hype with the movie and everything, like... And I feel like Top Gun has, like, shot Tom Cruise. Like, he was a superstar to begin with, but, like, I feel like he his entire, like career and reputation just elevated so much more with top gun maverick like it's almost like he's like basically the rock right now where it's like you know he's gonna yeah. succeed at the box office i don't yeah i don't i don't know i feel like top gun maverick was just like so special that i don't know if mission possible can recreate that but it could i mean they how could, much did fallout do it made like 800 worldwide yeah i think dead reckoning is gonna you think it's it. gonna beat maverick or just at least make a billion it's gonna make it's i gonna think make it's gonna be a billion, billion. And then that was my three, but I have a bonus for you guys because I know you like a certain scene in the first one. Hold my hand. No, in the no. first one, which you liked in the second one, I'm assuming. The 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 the, the homoerotic volleyball scene? Yes, but this one was a homoerotic football scene. Each football scene. So the bonus one is because I had to leave it in. Jimmy likes that scene more than I do. <laughs> the shirtless beach football montage had to be shot twice oh, I, I know because Tom Cruise was not happy with the first time. And they had to shoot it, and apparently they ate ice cream after that night. Oh, they, and they were like, so just kidding, unhappy. go back and get into like the <laughs> best shape possible. Because I think they all got into like competitions of like how buff they all can they, get. But they also said that it was like super unhealthy what they were doing. They were like doing that dehydration diet where it's like you don't, what do you call it? You don't have any type of liquids because it'll sh- like shrink and it'll like define yeah. you more. And they were doing that, and they were like, yeah, we all pretty much were like on the verge of death just for that alone. And they said like it was like day and night that they were working out. Like, and they were like, "Oh, it's so happy." And they're like, "Get!" Back. And it was like two weeks later, like, "Get back! We have to do shirtless again." Except for Bob because he kept his shirt on. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Um, and those were my shotgun facts. We'll be right back. Hello, my name is Brecker Nurse, and I want to tell you about my fun horror movie podcast called Autopsy of a Horror Movie. On my show, I like to have fun dissecting out what makes a horror movie scary, what worked for it, what didn't, what types of fears does it play off of. Is it an allegory for any sort of message? I don't know, but let's find out. Also, I like to watch slashers. I'm a big slasher guy, so... I'll watch a slasher and do a kill grade for it. I will cover the kills and I will tell you how I would grade it based on shock, method, style points, and a fourth category that is a reflection of the movie. Besides those, I'll have fun with special topic episodes, commentary tracks, interviews with guests, including some Shutter directors, so I just like to have a fun time over here. If any of this sounds interesting to you or you just want to come check me out, please Head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere they listen to podcasts and search for Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Also, be sure to find me on Instagram at Brucker Horror, where you get fun updates and some cool little posts that I do. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you get to enjoy the show, and I'll see you on Instagram. Bye. And we're back. Top Gun Maverick. Um, let me ask you a question before I ask another question. Did you like the first one or the second one better? Second one better. Second one. I agree. The se- now, did you like the first one? Yes. It's okay. I mean, it's not like cinema. Because I don't, fi- I don't like it remotely. Like it's, I don't understand how those these two movies are together. Like one is amazing, and then one is. I like the first one. I don't love the first one, but I like the first one. But this one blew it out of the water. So, like going into the movie, were you hyped for it? 
Or was there an overhype? Top Gun Maverick? Yeah. I was hyped for Top Gun Maverick. I was like, okay. I, I like the first one. I'll see the new one. It's supposed to be really good. And then it blew me away. Because there, I know there are some reviews online that they said that it was it was an overhyped movie, and I don't disagree. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. But now the second question I wanted to ask was, do you think that, like, not saying this isn't good, but do you think there's too many soft reboots, sequels, all that stuff? Like, is that is it like this was the exception that it worked? Because a lot of other times when they have sequels or like stuff like that, it's kind of like there's no new ideas. It depends I, on, I think, who's behind the camera. I think it depends on who's in front of the camera. I think it depends on who's producing and, and helping. Like if there's no one like a part of the the creation of the film, it's just not going to work. You have to be a fan of the first one in order to make it succeed. Um, I think they did that because I think they went to Ridley Scott first to direct it. Because well, Tony Scott directed it. I was like, it. Ridley Scott did not direct the first No, I, well, no, because his brother, Tony Scott, directed but he died. So they went to him. So I think they're, they're definitely, and I think it's because Tom Cruise, because I don't think he wanted to make one at first. No, he It took didn't. a while, right? He initially, like, back, like, when, like, closer to when the first one came out, he was just like, no, like, that would be disrespectful towards it. I don't want to do it. And then it, it <clears> took, <throat> it took a probably, like, 20, 15 years or so for him to come around to the idea of it. Because he's just like, he's like one of those people that are just like, no, it has to be like a new story. Like, how do you continue that story? Like, organically. Yeah, because to me, it could it could have very easily become, as much as I like Rise of Resistance and all those like ones where they kind of like reboot it after so long. Sorry, not Rise of Resistance, Force Awakens. I was getting my Star Wars rides and the movies confused. The first one usually follows original to a T with just some new things here and there. And like, I know one of the reviews was like, it was formulaic. Uh, they were like, I don't understand why this movie got such high ratings. It's predictable. Tom Cruise, pretty much the same character. The whole like uh, goose's son getting angry has been done before. Like, did you find it at all formulaic or did they take liberties and kind of take the story elsewhere in the sequel? I'll say that it is formulaic. Like, it's not kind of like there were no surprises. It's kind of like you knew where it was going, but it's that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yes, a movie can be formulaic, but if you're doing it the right way and telling a good story with good dialogue, like it's really it's more so the script at this point. Like if you have that all together, then you can make a formulaic story amazing. It doesn't need to be have like a twist or anything like that. It doesn't need to be like, oh, Maverick's like a fucking drug addict now. It's like, no, it, we, we don't need that. I feel like what it needs, like if you have a somewhat formulaic story, if your writers can enhance upon that and then your director can take it and make you on the edge of your seat, mm-hmm. I think that's when it becomes successful. And like that's, I remember this whole time I was like, I feel like I know it's going to happen, but I, I can't stop watching. I'm like, I feel like I know no one's going to die, but yet I'm like extremely nervous when like those scenes start mm-hmm. to happen. And like and like they're threatening death, but you don't know that because someone did die in the first one. So yes, no, but what I'm, what I'm saying is though, like I feel like the, they they went through, and a lot of movies, like good movies, can do this. It goes through the cliches, but they kind of bump it up with good directing, good storytelling, and like they kind of put like a good second story around that cliche moment that it works. Yeah. It's a testament to the director when you're able to enhance such a form. It's a, 
everyone who works on the movie. It's a testament to them because you know how much care they put into it where you just basically you're elevating a formulaic story. But it's like that also works in the world of Top Gun. Top Gun isn't a fantastical world. It's not sci-fi. It's not fiction. Like it's it takes place in the real world with real type of characters with real jobs like this is like kind of an actual thing so it's like it has to be grounded you can't have like a a twist out of nowhere being like wow what's his name rooster rooster is actually my son it's like you can't have that like that's when it's like you have to know what works in your world and what's not that and i think when people say like a lot lot of people when you went like towards the lower reviews they said there's lazy writing and i think you have to yes there could be a like i said a cliche moment but what you do with that moment makes the movie. It makes how you handled it. Mm-hmm. That's what I think people aren't getting. They're like, I'd be surprised if this script wasn't written by a 10-year-old. I'm like, yes, but like a 10-year-old couldn't write the nuances that it added to certain moments. No, I mean, yeah, exactly. I do think the script is the weakest part of the film. But that said, it's still like... It's a better script. A very good script. Yeah. But I think that's the reason why I think it's a weaker script, just because it is. It does have like a little some cliches. I don't think they really, they didn't give it so much of a. Uh, they didn't give it um, so much of like. There wasn't like a threat. Like again, he's like, "There's no threat," but it's just like, if we're talking about realism and grounding, and like you know, a grounded type of thing, it's like, when do we ever hear about fighter jets fighting? No, but like when in the first one, like Goose dies because something goes wrong with the plane like so there was that imminent danger mm-hmm. of this i feel like with this one you had just the very slight of it when they had to hit the was it the dead man's peak yeah. yeah pretty much they would lose consciousness mm-hmm. and they were able to wake the guy up at the last second but when they actually did the mission it was like went perfectly somehow semi perfectly semi perfectly i mean they had like his ballistics when the his was his tracking or something well, that, went and the down. whole like tom cruise miles teller going off on their own thing because they had yeah. to divert yeah because he got shot down yeah but i feel like that was like afterwards i felt like at that point i mean like something had to go wrong like obviously the tracking mechanism yeah like there was really no threat of danger in it and uh, until they hit that like big that peak because that's when they would hit the sun the sensors would go off they would possibly lose consciousness because of all the g-forces that they were hitting well they did also have to go through the canyon and stay at a certain height or else the sams would those sam missiles would so let me ask you a question are you saying that like because i just was reading some of the reviews that i had here and it said at one point the movie had a michael bay movie feel towards the end where it seemed like the intense action seemed to outweigh the actual quality of the script i think once they crash landed i I can 100 percent see that 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 reference to michael bay I, I get what he's saying, but in terms of where the script was weak for me was just the B, the B plot romance. That, I think, was extremely now, weak. Don't get I'm me gonna started say on something, Jennifer Connelly. I'm going to say something very um, controversial. unliked, controversial. I feel like you say this, and sometimes it's not really controversial. I feel like he's going to make me I really like Jennifer Connelly in this film. Hold on. I have to find the right button for this. I, I don't even... Do the Heathers one. I don't know if I have that still. Like, uh, what? That's too long. Okay. Like, I enjoy I enjoy Jennifer Connelly. We don't see her as often as we should. I thought she was a better love interest than Kelly McGinnis. I'll, I'll agree with that. 
but like I like that she owned the bar. I can't even agree with that. I like that. Hold on. I like that she owned the bar. And I thought that every time that they were together, you would gently hear the hold my hand theme. <laughs> Wait, is it because you just like the fucking song? <laughs> no, but I liked just, it was just, a, a it yes. was nice. It was okay. nice. It's definitely because of the song. I, like, as you were saying, all like the script thing was the weakest for you, I was like, no, the weakest for me was Jennifer Connelly because she literally was shoehorned into this movie. She was ne- not necessary 0% of this movie. Two... I feel like you definitely only liked it because you hold her, hold my hand in the beginning. I feel like hold my hand, but no. But to be honest, I like Jennifer Connelly. And where has she been? Do you like her in general or her in this role? In, in general, I do okay, like Jennifer so Connelly. I like Jennifer Connelly generally. Generally, but, like, as well, I thought but she this role did is a, no. a good. I thought she did good in this. Okay. I enjoyed her scene. There is a TikTok online that literally describes like every female character in like an action movie, like most generic ones. And it's like someone at the bar and someone, the cap, the caption to that video was Jennifer Connelly in Top Gun Maverick, where she just was like threw the thing over her shoulders. Like I haven't seen you in a while. She, (laughs) the problem, her character was thinly written, not, didn't add anything to Tom Cruise's character, even mm. though it's like, yes, we don't want to have love interests that are just supposed to be for the main character, but she added nothing to his character. She had no character depth of her own. And all of her scripts, like all of her lines could have been written by Chad GBT if you, if you said, give me cheesy lines, because that is literally give all me she strong, said. independent woman line. And then it was like any solo shot she had was her slowly walking away sassily. See, at first, when I first saw this movie, I was like, I don't like the script. But I think it was, and I don't like Jennifer Connelly in this movie. But when I rewatched for the podcast, I think I didn't like the script because of Jennifer Connelly. I didn't like her moments. But you needed Maverick to have someone to come back to. You needed that connection of him back home. So when he was, he didn't give up in that, in the, 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 the enemy space. But you could have made her like, hey, it's me. <laughs> Hey, it's me, and then he goes. I need to get back to me. That's pretty much what it was. No, that's they pretty went much what it was. Sailing, they they had fun times in the bedroom. He jumped out of a window. <laughs> you know what happened in all those moments? Hold my hand was playing in the background. So I think it's really <laughs> they really, rode a motorcycle together. <laughs> I really think it's just the fucking song for you. Because like, no joke, people who are listening, Jimmy was is like is love loves this song. song. So like. You know why? When it first came out, I was like, "Oh, it's okay." And then I saw the movie, and I was like, "This is this is just this is the summer jam of 2020." It's not the summer jam, but for him, it was. For it, me was it was no. I'll get, I love it that. Should have won best original song at uh, the Oscars. No, because I think what? I think um, "Lift Me Up" should have won. No, but, no, but I mean, I didn't lift. like I didn't like her slowed down version of "Hold My Hand," but like the ballad, the "Lift Me Up" should have won. I also like how we're talking like either of those one. It did not. R- yeah. R- one. What one? Um, not R- to, not R- to. Not to not I didn't to. see that movie. No, but I think it's truly that. I'm not giving you. I'm not. Ta- I, I love Hold My Hand. That is <laughs> such a good it's song. A, and I think it's better than Take My Breath Away. I think it's more 100%. iconic than Take My Breath yeah. Away. 100%. And I think it's a, definitely a blaster in the car and just like, you know, drive down the highway. It's so much I better do that than now. Take- I know. Going to work at 8.30 in the morning. I'm it, blasting Hold My Hand. No, Jimmy, you're right. It's so much better than Take My Breath Away because Take My Breath Away was really annoying to listen to in the first movie because it was just non-fucking But stop. that was the same thing. They kind of played it. In the background of a lot of things in that movie, but it's also like one. just I don't know. Take and my it, breath away. I just don't but, like the song. But no, like with hold my hand. You just you just were like, <coughs> uh, it was just like, 
Okay, so okay. we have established that Jimmy only likes the John and Jennifer Connelly because it's definitely because of the song. Because the, her theme is Hold My Hand. But I will give it that. I, you know what the thing is? I've gotten so used to Tom Cruise not having a love interest in his movies because generally he doesn't have love interests. Yes, Rebecca Ferguson and Mission Impossible, but they don't really I was like, going to say, I don't feel like that's a love interest. That's just like well, his romance. gal pal. <laughs> You're such an idiot. No, they're together, you moron. <laughs> I regretted that as soon as I said that. <laughs> so is that, that's now what we have to say about but Rebecca Ferguson. do you Ferguson. know what I mean? Like, I know what you're saying. They he's weren't together, friend. but they were just like good. You're saying he's his friend. Yeah, like I feel like Kelly Atwell is. There was no chem, there wasn't like, it wasn't supposed to be romantic chemistry. No, the, no, but there, but there is. There no. is chemistry, but it wasn't, it's not romantic. It's just no. like good old friends. No, there, no, it is actually a romantic thing. It, the last movie made it clear it was a romantic thing. And you know what? I don't remember the last movie that much because that's when movie pass failed me. So yes, yes, that might be the reason why. Yes, yes. But he generally doesn't have romance in his movies anymore. And this is the first movie, I think, in like almost like ten years that I've seen him actually kiss someone. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, interesting. But I think because like what you said, there wasn't really like a threat. There was no like specific villain for it. There, they, you you didn't need a specific love interest. It was more about him with the group. Yeah. Do you know what I like about this movie too? What is that they don't mention what what the enemy country is? No, yeah, because whatever the times are, that's the enemy country. You can go watch this in twenty years from now, and it it, it could be like Amsterdam. That's not a country. Jimmy, I'm so but, happy you. Somehow finally realized that. Congratulations. No, I've always done that. <laughs> I know, but the way you're saying you're like, guys, guess what? But like, like no one fucking knows. Like knows Canada. That. I don't know, in twenty years, Canada could that could be Canadian airspace. Because they destroyed our <laughs> our air for two days. Yeah. yeah. It was yellow outside. But I want to go back to your first question that was all the way back about okay. whether of soft reboots. Okay. I think this is the exception. And I okay. also agree with everything that Jimmy said. Because there are a lot of soft reboots going on and a lot of them are complete and utter failures the only one that's coming to my mind right now that is like non-stop is the terminator movies like the amount of times they, they have attempted so to hard. reboot it and then they finally if i wouldn't have, say those are successful no that's what i'm saying like oh. james cameron james cameron the only one he like sort of had a hand in was dark fate which was the best re soft reboot one that they released since judgment day I think the only good Terminator thing since Judgment Day was the the TV show they did. Oh, I love Dark Fate. I didn't care for Dark Fate. But, I remember. But the thing is, is like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't until James Cameron kind of put his hands in. Like, Dark Fate is actually like fresh in terms of ratings compared to like Genesis, Rise of the Machines, Salvation, and it's just like it didn't work. I think even Blade. Runner 2049 bombed. It didn't do well at the box office. People loved it, but it didn't do well at the box office. I don't think critics loved it. No, they no, did. Critics liked it. Critics really liked it. They did, but the, the, that's the thing. Like, it worked. <laughs> this is an exception because most soft reboots just do not fucking work. I have another soft reboot. For movies. I, what is yours? Because I have one. Scream. That's the one I had, too. I think so far, Scream has done a very good job of doing a soft reboot where Agreed. the legacy characters are, are there, but they're not front and center, and we have a whole new group of we have the core four now. Well, I think that's what you have to do. You have to really balance the like old nostalgia. Halloween. That first one was great. That first only, one was only great. Only the first one. The second one and the third one that uh, they went off the rails. Like you have to balance nostalgia with 
a new story and a new group of people. Though, to be honest, I like Halloween Ends better than Halloween Kills, and I actually enjoyed that. Movie. We can't get into that right now because that that's that's too a, much. That's, that's too that's much to unpack. But what the bottom line is, and yes. Jennifer Connelly had been in the Halloween Ends. And okay. hold my hand was playing in the background. <laughs> Jennifer Connelly just <laughs> needs someone hand. behind her with hold my hand playing all the time. Yeah, we can't we can't get into that. That's a whole thing to unpack. Yes, you can like Halloween ends better than Halloween kills, but those two movies were fucking terrible. But Scream is a good reboot. But Scream works because it has the blessing of everyone. Yes. It also, does. a big thing with this one, I think they made it very like even if you, I think they knew like yes, we're throwing cliches in and we're talking about the script a lot for this episode, but like they made you have fun. And I think, like, as if you can kind of disconnect saying, okay, yes, there are issues with it, but, like, the joy you had, I think that also can outweigh for people. It, they chose very... Their casting in this movie has is done very well. Specifically, Hangman, Glenn Powell's character. He is supposed to be the typical douche, like, douchebag character. But the thing is... You don't a hundred percent get that he's a douchebag character. Like you do, he has those moments where during the dog fight practice, he's like, they call him Hangman because he leaves you leaves you out to dry, like you'll die or whatever. But it's like you can tell even with the way he's acting though that he's not just that character. Oh, and then yeah. at the end, he's the one that ends up coming to save them, no matter what, because he's just like, I have to save them. It's not like. Oh, I didn't get chosen. Fuck you, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, I'm going to sit in my plane and I'm going to wait and wait until they need my help. Well, I think that just shows that I think the I think one of the strongest points was the acting for this movie. I think Miles Teller had like a I think he's been he was good back in his whiplash days. And I don't like Miles Teller. But I think this one, like, I feel like he brought back his whiplash days acting mm-hmm. and like he, he or if he, he just really chose the right part and he really liked it. But like I think the acting was so good on top of the directing, on top of the on top of the cinematography. On, there were so many highs that like yeah, there were a few lows parts of the movie technical wise, but like you can overlook that. Question though, do you think Tom Cruise should have got best acting nomination? Speaking of acting. No. 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 Absolutely not. I feel like if anyone's I don't know, I feel like he I would not, be upset if he got it though. I'd be upset if he got it because he didn't do anything to stretch his acting abilities. I've seen Tom Cruise Act like actually act, not what he's been doing lately. So I can't give him a best acting. Now he's just a stunt man. Yeah, he's just a stuntman. He's a Keanu Reeves pretty much, but except he speaks more because he's not like he's a better actor than Keanu Reeves. No, he's a better actor than Keanu Reeves. But that's but he's strictly in these certain type of movies. Like I know that Tom Cruise can act. I always bring it up. Interview with a vampire, fucking amazing. What was the one he got nominated for? Magnolia. Uh, no, Collateral. No, no. He was nominated for Magnolia. What was the other one? Collateral. Vanilla Sky or something like that? I thought uh-huh. he, no, he was nominated for the one with Jamie Foxx, I believe. No, no he, Jamie Foxx was nominated. I think he was nominated too. But he was also nominated for that one with uh, Jonathan Lipnicki or something. When Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire, he mm. was nominated. That's why I'm just like, I know he can act. So that's why when I see him in this, I'm just like, he's not stretching his abilities. Like, I've seen him stretch it. I've seen him do accents. I've seen him cry. Like... These ones are not worthy acting. That's why I would be upset if he was nominated because I'm just like, you can't tell his, you can't tell Maverick from Ethan Hunt. See, but you would have been, so you should have not been the audience just in case when they nominated him, you would have, there have been two I would have been upset. Well, I would have asked people, what's the difference between him and Ethan Hunt right now? Is Ethan Hunt Mission Impossible? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. What's the difference? Nothing. You- I do, I feel, I mean, I haven't watched Mission Impossible in a very long time. 
But I feel like there is a little more emotion in those in Top Gun than there is Ethan Hunt. Not really. Maybe the first Top Gun. This one, not so much. Oh, I thought I thought he had more emotion. I don't know. I just I liked him in the. I, usually, sometimes he sometimes can come off as a little bit um, emotionless. But I feel like this one, he showed off his emotion. Well, he's gotten better because during the middle Mission Impossible movies, like Ghost Protocol, and like when he was doing Jack Reacher during that time, he was coming off as just like. I'm cool. So like he was just kind of not, but like he's done a lot better, but yeah, I mean, there may be a little bit more emotion, but I've seen him stretch it further. So I know that this isn't Oscar worthy for him. Is there anything else you want to say about Top Gun before we move on? No. Kelly? Nope. So I I think we should segue into the back half of the show with a a beautiful review. I think you will agree with the title is very good. Thank you, Tom Cruise. I would like to give this movie a 10 simply because Tom Cruise brought back something great to cinema. He should receive accolades. Thank you, Tom Cruise. Aww. I feel like you guys would agree with that. Oh, 100%. He literally, br- like, I can't bring up another movie that has been released lately that I can say, this is fucking cinema. Like, definition of cinema. That's why I said that. We we, we, we will segue I into think, the next part I of that way. Avatar The Way of Water. No, I wouldn't even compare that to Top Gun. I wouldn't compare. I know what you're saying, but I wouldn't compare. I get what you're saying. And I could like kind of agree with it, but like Top Gun, it's like no question cinema. And on that note, we're moving on to win. So the game is today. Tom Cruise has a lot of movies. So you're going to guess the Tom Cruise movie based on the cast. Now you can just, if you hear it, you can just buzz in. Okay. Kelly, please buzz in for everyone. Please buzz in for everyone. So, okay, here we go. Just can buzz in and say it. Tom Cruise. Regina King. Bonnie Hunt. Jimmy? Uh, he's not in Stuart Little. Never mind. No. Oh, okay. Regina King is not in Stuart Little. <laughs> Jay Moore. Who? Jay Moore. This a voice? Cars. No. This is a voice. Not acting in. Role. This is a voice cartoon, isn't it? It is not. Uh, Jerry O'Connell. Jerry Maguire. Yes. Where's Renee Zellweger? Well, uh, the last. Okay. I'm, I'm if not, you said Renee Zellweger, I would have gotten it right I'm away. I'm not going to say it. I have the. I have the. I have it from bottom to top. Ah, so it. then it went Kelly Preston. Then it went Renee Zellweger. Then it went Cuba Gooding Jr. I forgot Regina King plays Cuba Gooding Jr.'s wife in the movie. So, congratulations, Jimmy. Kelly, you get to... Would you like a... Oh, there's only one question? Yeah, I don't like when you do these only one questions. Yeah, but this one's a one. Here you go, Kelly. Enjoy enjoy your punishment of Kinky Blue. Sponsored by or non-sponsored. Kinky. Can I like to read a half-star review from Top Gun Maverick? Sure. I don't think this movie is bad. But I watched her with my dad, who invited his mistress like two weeks before he confessed to cheating on my mom and asking to divorce. Is that why it's half star? Yes, from Naomi. Well, that's a little. That's a little. Um, uh, what's it called? Sp- that's uh, skewed. I don't know. I can't think of the word. Okay, from Ezra. Bias half, half star. Too loud. Not enough hot women. Was bored. I wanted to go to sleep, but the incessant sound of fighter pilots flying was keeping me awake. Interesting. Five stars from Aim to Your Heart. I don't care. I like this. And how did Tom Cruise age so fine? Val- valid points on your five star review. Um. Okay. MVP, LVP. Jimmy, your MVP, your most valuable player. Hold my hand. Okay. I was, I, I was going <laughs> to say, if you didn't fucking say that, I was going to be so upset, Kelly. MVP. 
The cinematography. My, mine also was a cinematography because that was just chef's kiss. Beautiful. Jimmy, your LVP or least valuable player? This, the, the screenplay. Kelly. Jennifer Connelly. Mine is Jennifer Connelly <laughs> as well. Her, <laughs> Jennifer Connelly herself or Jennifer Connelly's character? Jennifer Connelly's character. Thank you. Okay, when did this become like a, I need to stand Jennifer Connelly and not like, say I one bad thing about her? I didn't realize her. your love for her went so fucking deep. <laughs> I... I we don't see her enough. I'm just saying that. Or is it because there's a reason behind it? <laughs> no, she has a family, Jimmy. Second to last final thing of the episode. Your ratings. And here we go. Are you ready? Yeah. I will give this a nine. Okay. Kelly? I literally want to give it a 9.8 because I love it so much, but oh, I can't so, uh, give it that. <laughs> I'm not going to give it that because that's not. Nine and a half. I was going to give it a ten. Whoa. And it's just a Jennifer Connolly. I can't give it a full 10. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant for him. That's why he's That's giving it to nine him. and a half. 9.5? Yeah. So that we we went very past the IMDb rating of 8.3. What the fuck is 8. wrong, 3. people? This is almost a perfect movie. Well, Rotten Tomatoes, 99%. I saw this movie the next day after we saw it on Thursday because I, and I was just like, I remember just being like, holy shit, I loved it even more. I only saw it twice. I've like seen this movie multiple once in times. theaters and then once for the podcast. But I did watch part of it on an airplane, which was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Never do not watch this movie on a flight. I no. don't care how long it is. You do not this unless movie, you've watched it before. Unless you've watched it before, this movie deserves to be. Seen I watched on it on an airplane screen. with with the airline's headphones. <laughs> Oh, God, man. Did it sound like this? Pretty much. Was actually. that was this our recent trip that yeah. you watched it? Oh yeah. man! I was like, I have like fifty. I have like thirty minutes left. I was like, let me just finish it on the flight. And on that note, Jimmy, it's time for your clues. Okay. Can you give clues to this next movie? Um. So it's French. Okay. It stars one of the actors from Wonder Woman, and it 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 takes place over twenty four hours. Okay. Stay tuned for that. We will see you later. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can hear us anywhere you listen to podcasts, and we want to hear what you think, so leave us a review. Give us some likes on social media at Pop Review. Click around www.poporreview.com. Become a member of our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash review for exclusive content and drink recipes. And one last thing before you go, make sure to check out the Titan Media Collective and Titan Cast Network. Enjoy the rest of your movie Monday. That was a Titan cast episode.